Welcome back, conscious listeners. Today, I'm going to offer some support around transitions and around moving into this summertime flow because even though it happens every year, for whatever reason, when it comes, it almost feels like it hasn't happened in a long time or hasn't happened in a while. And when we transition into the summer schedule and just the summer season in general, everything changes. Our mood, our appetite, our perhaps schedule, maybe we stay up a little bit later because it's lighter longer and everything's just more relaxed. There's more built-in vacations. There's more time to let life flow. And perhaps this is why it's so devastating when summertime is over. And perhaps this is why it's so sad when summer comes to an end and we have to get back into the mode of school. And this is sort of um, where I have this, you know, fantasy about what if, you know, we did work and life and school year round, but built in those balanced breaks of every season, you get three weeks off where you get to have that taste of a long-term break of, you know, see you later but not having to wait like three quarters of the year for that. Because I wonder if it's, you know, when we get to that summer break, if that's the longing we've been longing for of like, oh my gosh, we finally made it. Oh my gosh, we've we've worked so hard that we deserve it kind of attitude or feeling. And so it's like once we get there, it's kind of interesting to just think about how life could be different if, if we didn't have to wait that long or if we could build in those breaks normally. So I think what's coming up for people's needs at this time revolve a lot around managing like this anger and rage and kind of coping with, you know, change. And then also building in like, those healthy habits for staying healthy, movement, you know, increasing communication, because that's always a big one. And yeah, the family time elements and just how we can nourish and give back to our self-esteem and our self-identity and our self-concept in a time where things are a little bit slower and at a time where we get to have more fun. I know for some kids, this looks like summer camp or different camps for different activities, extracurriculars, that kind of thing. Because let's face it, parents are still working. And whether kids are with their nanny or their childcare or their daycare, or, you know, if they're being taken care of during the day while their parents are working it's still a transition. It's different than school. And yeah, just having that energetic shift of a season. So how are you staying healthy in these times? How are you managing and, you know, reaching your full potential when it comes to staying well and just being exposed to consumption that's benefiting your highest good and your greater good? Um, Sometimes for me, like when the weather changes, I reassess my consumption in terms of like my nourishment, but also like 
the content I'm consuming, whether that's online or on email or things like that. And something I've been thinking about too is like that creative healthy lifestyle where you're getting enough sleep, right? Because physically, emotionally, socially, enough sleep contributes to that. And like for a short period of time, if we're not getting enough sleep, our mood does become affected and we become slap happy and all things like that. And I've been thinking about like just making my routine something that I want it to be. So like my winding down routine gets to be like a face mask or a body scrub or just something that is a sensational or kind of like physical, like cue that I'm like winding down and getting ready to, you know, fall asleep. And then eating well, of course, like whole foods that really support my nutrition. I'm getting enough protein and all those things, staying hydrated and then movement, right? Like are there ways that I can walk instead of drive? And for me, I've been riding my scooter but today, particularly, I walked everywhere because my car was getting a part fixed. So are there ways where, like, let's say you're running errands or taking your animals to the vet? I know it's not always time-wise convenient, but it was so cool to pop my little earbuds in and just listen to podcasts, listen to, you know, different things while I was strolling. And of course... Undeniably, stress is something that we cannot avoid. However, what we can do to support our prolonged stress is to take care of our immune system and to make sure that we have the tools and, you know, the support to lean on and different ways to be able to prevent and balance and support that piece of our health is going to be so important too. And when it comes to health and movement and nutrition and all of the things that support a healthy brain and balance for growth and development, it also gives your child and you a chance to tap into your self-esteem. So Self-esteem is essentially how you think and feel about yourself. And when we have things like rest, nutrition, hydration, those are the foundational pieces that are going to allow us to be able to access what we could with finding out more about our self-esteem, finding out more about our own perceptions of how we understand and form opinions about ourselves. And you know, when we can have a supportive environment and all of those things that keep us well, we can definitely shape our own image. And when kids do have a high level of self-esteem, they tend to look at the world differently and depending on their life circumstances, or their insecurities, or their fears, or their anxieties, we can tell how our role either impacts in a positive way or in a not so positive aspect. And 
you know, by recognizing signs of low self-esteem or high self-esteem, we can appropriately meet our kids where they are. So we can promote self-confidence and promote authenticity. So if our kids are avoiding new and unfamiliar experiences, or if our kids are afraid of the unknown, or if they blame others for their own mistakes, or even put themselves down for their own abilities, they might be influenced, you know, easily by others, or easily frustrated, or really defensive, and easily hurt. And these are all cues that we can develop more approaches and more attention toward approaching this challenge and learning from our own mistakes and accepting criticism, right? Because with kids, they're so in the moment and they're so present around their experience that their response is so organic and natural and as adults, we put these limitations on ourselves based on safety. So if we were to, you know, continually wish that something changed like outwardly, or, you know, if we pouted or if we, if our inner child was hurt and was outwardly demonstrating and displaying that, it might not be accepted by the people around us. It doesn't mean we can't and won't do that, but if we do, it's different. It's different when adults act out. It's a little more scary, especially if they don't have the tools to handle or cope with their experience. And let's face it, every child has a different way of digesting information. So for some kids, they may be affected differently with stress and for others, New environments might create new opportunities and they might also add stress, which could, could be healthy, but also, you know, time for leaning in, time for tuning in to those transitions. So when your kids are transitioning into summer camp or the summer schedule, start to notice how their attitude might be shifting or changing toward what they're doing, if they like it, if they don't like it, if they're good at it, if they're not. See what it's like when they describe their relationships with others. And what is their energy level like? Are they exhausted? Are they thirsty for more? Are they able to make healthy decisions? Do they need, do they rely on you to make their choices? How are they cultivating themselves in the transition? Because the more that kids are exposed to other kids, they're definitely shaped by what they hear and what they experience. And that develops into impacting their growth. Like you can always tell when parents are like, where'd you hear that? Or how do you know that? And it's like, uh. but what they do know is that they're a sponge and they absorb everything everywhere they go. And you know, being able to integrate that with them and acknowledging that they are growing and encouraging their efforts, right? Then they do get to make their own decisions and act independently. Even if they make the mistakes along the way, they know that they're safe when they have you as an unconditional positive regard, as a model that will accept them even if they make mistakes. And when we're involved daily with our children's lives, even if the details seem small or insignificant, 
they're definitely a big piece of their puzzle and shows, you know, how much love and value and compassion is being put toward them energetically. Because when we spend time together, it reveals what is important to us. And it reveals, honestly, how we get to create with different opportunities. So if you're thinking about increasing your involvement with your kids, you can think about their development. You can think about their, um, their age. And you can see what fits and what you know, they are drawn to or the activities that they ask about. And it's really important to remember that when you're praising your children and congratulating them for what's happening, remember to tell them that you're proud of who they are and you're proud of them for who they are, not for what they have done. So regardless of their appearance or performance or um, whatever, it's like them getting to know that you are proud of them because of who they are and because of like the person that they are rather than the accomplishments or things they've done is a really important piece. So yeah, kids will definitely take note of that and be aware when you are demonstrating that you've noticed. So if it does become difficult for your family to spend time together, reassess where you can make the moments that you do have count like even more, especially if you are juggling a household with, you know, as a single parent or if you have a lot of children and you have a lot of activities, you know, my, my mind goes to Cheaper by the Dozen, which is a movie I grew up with. But I just remember the stress that I felt as I was watching it of like, oh my gosh, how is everyone fed? How is everyone taken care of? Like, there are so many little humans that need attending to and how could that happen with just two parents but again siblings step in but you know what I mean it's like it can feel that way regardless of how many kids you have you don't have to have 12 kids to feel overwhelmed right it's every kid's different and and that's how it tends to go so something that I love to encourage as an activity is a gratitude jar and what this is, is it's a jar and you can find like origami paper or any kind of like fancy paper and you can um, write things that you're grateful for and put them in there. Or what else I like to use it for is like memories. So if you did a trip or if there's a special place to your family, um, a way to connect and bond is to say, Let's write down all of our favorite memories from this trip or from this place that we go to every year or whatever it is. And you'd be surprised to find out and to learn about what's most impactful to each of your children. You could have multiple children on the same trip and have different answers in that jar. And that's something that I've always treasured and savored. 
I have a jar like that and it has like every letter anybody's ever written me and I've just folded it up and put it in the jar. And it's special because it's from all different parts and times of my life. And I would encourage you to start a gratitude jar or a letter jar or an activity jar or anything like that because it's cool to have that container, to have all those memories live within one place. So it doesn't have to be elaborate, right? It doesn't have to be crazy or so far-fetched or like a huge trip to plan, but it gets to be special and there gets to be depth and there gets to be that element of quality time, which is what we're all striving for anyway. So, and then of course, like the more that you can help them be with you or help, help, help them when they're helping you with like daily tasks or cooking or cleaning, whatever it is, there are ways to find the joy in those activities. So yeah, I'm interested to hear about your summer plans. I'm interested to hear about what you've got going this summer that's already booked. And I want to know what are your hardest challenges this summer? What are the things behavior-wise or emotion-wise, like what feels like it's going to be a big challenge this summer? For me, it's like, oh my gosh, summer feels like it's already going so fast. My challenge is going to be, you know, am I going to get to everything I want to this summer? Will there be time to do everything I wanted to do? And yeah, where can I create those moments of time that are going to be special for me and memorable? And knowing that, yes, there is a month of summer that is already taking place. And knowing that every day is a new opportunity to reassess and dive in and to be with the transition and to embrace it. And to know that this timing in my life, that there will be nothing like this again. And so how do I enjoy it and let it simmer and savor it and count my blessings before it's all over in the blink of an eye? So yeah. I wish you well in this transition and I hope to lend you a supportive hand for any ideas or anything that you're, you're thinking that you need support with. So keep me posted on your transitions. I cannot wait to hear what feels like a challenge and how I can be of support. All right, conscious listeners, take good care and I will see you next time.